Hi, I'm Hannah. Hi, I'm Abby, and we're so excited to welcome you to the first episode of the Inkspill podcast, Spilling Ink. This is a really exciting new venture for us. It is the first time we've kind of stepped into the podcast world, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Um, But it's been a long time coming. We've been talking about doing this since we very first talked about creating Inkspill full stop. Yes, and I feel like we should explain what Inkspill is, because that's going to be the crux of this podcast. So... Do you want to start or shall I? Um, I don't mind starting. Do you want me to go, go for it? You're excited. I am excited just because Ink Spill, I mean, as you know, has been our baby for the past year and a bit, yes. year and a half now. Yeah. Um, And it feels like all we ever talk about, um, all we ever stress about, it takes a lot of our energy and time, but we always just come away feeling like it was worth every minute. We do. It's just such a fulfilling thing to be able to run. Um, and I'm filled with such pride to say that we created and we host something as incredible as Ink Spill. Um, so I can talk about- We're very about- modest here as well um yes. <laughs> it's just brilliant i don't know i think it's it just feels like a dream to me so i think um yeah i just it's all i want to talk about all the time ink spilled so because i didn't get enough of it on social media and you know my friends and family i thought right let's start a podcast and then i can tell many more people about ink spill <laughs> just because I, I just love it um but yeah ink spill started i think we, we had our initial meeting actually in july last year so it was 2022 gosh yeah um because and i know that because i've i kind of keep this diary and um, basically you can do a little extract, What you, you summarise your day mm. and then a year later you can see what you did last year um, and add a, a, the entry a year later. And it mm. came up and it, this year and it's, you know, it was a year since we had our initial meeting at the Grove Pub. We sat down and we just said, okay, Huddersfield needs a poetry night. It needs a really good poetry night that's accessible yeah. for all. Um, how are we going to do that? Um, and I think we just, I mean, I'm coming from this as a musician. So initially I was a musician. I would perform in open mic nights around Huddersfield. Um, and it always broke my heart because we'd have plenty of musicians, plenty of bands playing. And then they would also welcome spoken word artists mm-hmm. um, and poets. And the second that they got on the stage to share their work, everyone spoke over them. Yeah. Very disrespectful kind of vibe. And but there's a culture. There is like a culture of open mics because yeah. Huddersfield has a lot of them, which is amazing. And we're yeah. not we're not saying those at all. But there is a culture of just you're able to talk because people will play over you, but you can't Sorry. do that with spoken word. Absolutely, and I think that's it. And it really upset me to kind of see people getting um, disrespected um, mm-hmm. in such a way. And being vulnerable as well. Like poetry is super vulnerable. It is absolutely, and you don't have the um, guitars and you don't have you know the instrument to accompany you, you mm-hmm. it's just you and your words there's no protection yeah and I, it really upset me when I kind of I just was doing those really passive aggressive because I was just like <laughs> come on this person is literally pouring their heart out for you and you, you can't even listen mm-hmm. to them so I found it very frustrating and that really deterred me from going and sharing my poetry that I'd been writing because I knew the kind of reception that it was automatically mm-hmm. going to receive at these open mics um so yeah in those initial meetings we kind of thought what do we want and it boiled down to Abby yeah, um, it boiled down to a 50-50 night, which we split. Um, so yeah, so the night is split. It is half workshop, half open mic. So the workshop normally runs for about an hour, an hour and 15. We do a bunch of activities. We do free writing. We do quite physical workshop activities. So we've done like, given people like stones to hold or like herbs to smell or like shadows to look at that we've cast across the room, um, which is really cool. And all of our 
particularly our workshops because I think it gets lesser important in the open mic but all of our workshops are themed mm-hmm. so we've done loads of different themes um we've done earth and shadows and reflection yeah. and woman we did oh I loved it when we did monarchish we did only because I came up with that pun and I was very excited about it you were but we do kind of try to tailor the prompts based on what's coming that month yeah um, we try not to be too on the nose about it but I think it comes from a place of encouragement we want people to kind of venture out into areas of writing that potentially they're not too um confident with and um, I know there's quite a few prompts that I've had to get involved with and I've never written anything in that mm-hmm. style before. We did online world once. We did. I remember we did, having um... to create a technological poem and I was mind blown by it. Yep. Yeah, it was wicked. It was a really, really good night. Yeah. Um, and then the other half of our night is a, just a classic poetry of Mike. Yeah. And it is beautiful. It is. It's so quiet and... It's such a supportive room, So supportive. It? And absolutely everybody who comes, I think they're just completely blown away by that. You mm. could hear a pin drop, but the yeah. second that performance is over, it just, the whole room erupts into just pure support through cheering, through clapping, and it just makes you feel so much more confident. It does. Because you know people have really listened and that your words have really resonated with mm-hmm. with the people in that room and there's just something really beautiful about that there is i think um the best way to kind of capture the image of that is um inkspill meets in a pub every mm-hmm. third friday of the month it does and um we have a back room and we have to say we love our venue our venue is stunning mm-hmm. they're amazing they're so supportive and they give us this whole room for free and they're just always really engaged and kind and um we were running an open mic it was, it was a few weeks ago now and um, when the bar staff came up to me because I was stood at the back and he was like, can you, um, some people are asking about Inkspill, can you come and explain to them what it is? And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so it's very funny, our pub is split into, I say our pub, our venue. It's ours. Uh, <laughs> we've claimed it. Um, our venue is split into four quadrants, but the issue is that we lock the room because we had a couple of drunk punters because that's the joy of doing it in the pub. Mm-hmm. We had people walking through and being horrified when they realised what was happening, um, which is a whole story in itself. Yeah. Um but I, so I walked around and these people were like, we're so sorry. Um, we just heard the noise and we, and there's like a real energy because there's a glass door and we're, like, we were watching and we can't like, tell what's going on. And then they looked me in the eye and they were like, are you Quakers? Mm. And I was like, <laughs> um, no, but I'm going to take that as a compliment because Quakers are quite, <laughs> quite a nice religious organization. Yeah. Yeah. Um, an interesting place to gather on a Friday yeah, night if we were I mean, Quakers. Absolutely evangelizing, getting out in the real world and stuff. We love to see it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that, that was really interesting to me that that kind of energy sort of transcended into the other room and people yeah. were like, the only way we can translate this is is through that reference, which was super interesting. Yeah, and I think as well, that just that goes to show just how impactful Inkspill has been. Mm. And as we say, we, we hold it in a pub. We started out in a much smaller pub, a much smaller room. Um, yes. But because of demand, we just, we had to expand. Um, and we are now at a much bigger venue. Um, but even still, it attracts so many people who are just out on a Friday night because they want to know what's going on. It's mm. very intriguing to see why people are so focused and um just so joyful on a friday night yeah. it's just it's, it's a very happy room it really is and it, that's the sense of community that's been built now and that's another thing that i absolutely love about it we call mm. everyone our Ringsville family which is very cheesy but very true because these people have become like family to us i yeah. think um just because of how supportive they are and just how much they value having that space once a month that is just put aside for them to be creative because we all have very busy, very hectic lives. Yes. 
and just the beauty of having one evening a month that is dedicated to your creative process and mm. working on something that inspires you and um, there's something really special and something really valuable about that for me the workshop element is really really important to our success um mm. because we know it's quite rare to kind of host that like workshop open mic split evening but together mm-hmm. um and it, there's like two main reasons for that the first one is like you said we give people a space once a month where they just get to write where there are no demands upon them mm-hmm. there's no fee ink spill has always been entirely free we just run on donations Absolutely. which has been super important to us both um which has always been super important to us mm-hmm. um and yeah we just give people this space to just kind of relax also there's there's no need to plan there's no need to prep they just show up and we give them the support and the activities and the inspiration to just write whatever they want to write which is su- always always so cool the work that comes out yeah. is incredible and the varied work that comes out is incredible so interesting that people can get the same source and just like deviate yeah hugely um, and the second element for me is that um, because we give people a place to write and prep, there are a lot more people who I don't think would have performed open mic without that time. Oh, absolutely not. Um, because life is so busy and so demanding and writing and creativity often is like the last, it's, you know, like people don't want to be sat writing, well, maybe not everyone. Some people might enjoy writing a 60,000 word novel for fun, mm. but a lot of people just do not have the time or capacity for that. And that was something that we were really passionate about is giving people space to write and then space to perform that yeah um and they share beautiful work and everyone is as as slowly relaxed on being they introduce, introduce it initially and they'll be like oh i just read the, i wrote this earlier about this thing and, and it's not very good but i just want to share it mm. and then by the end they're just like i wrote this tonight mm. i like it it's not fin- anywhere finished yet but this is what i want to share with you mm. and it's so incredible to watch these little um personal journeys that people go through either yeah. over a night or a series of nights it is it really is and i think we've just got so many people there who have who we've seen undertake that journey i mean we were talking to two of our inkspo regulars who have been yes. coming since the very beginning and um, they were just people who were drinking at the pub they just go to the pub every friday night and they just happened upon a poetry night and since that very first night they have religiously come month in yes. month out. Um, and when they didn't come, they sent us a formal apology. They which did. Which was like the sweetest message to receive. It was absolutely lovely. Either that or I've been far too teachery and they feel like they need to get a note <laughs> to yeah. Miss Inksville. But you know, it's, it's fine. fine. mum. Yeah, but I mean, DT for you. But no, so we, um, I think that was really, really lovely for us to hear because this person had never picked up a pen before and yet they were using Inksville as an opportunity to explore some really deep embedded emotions I, mm-hmm. I feel um and they became so kind of um what do I want to say passionate yes they became so passionate about writing poetry that they even said they have a notebook in every room of the house and yeah. just to hear that to say they've gone from never writing before to now having to have a notebook on hand at all times in case they become inspired um that's just amazing isn't yeah it? That I mean impact. I cried I'm yeah. a crier you so. are a crier but I mean I had an internal tear <laughs> yeah but yeah I just it's just lovely the impact that it's made and the fact that it resonates and is with so many people um yeah. What and, more could we ask for, really? And that's why we actually thought the nights that we've been hosting would translate really well to a podcast. And that's yeah. sort of what brought us here and gave us the sort of structure of what is... I think we, we're saying it's a year-long project. Uh-huh. We're going to give it a year. Um, 2024 is our year of the podcast. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see how it goes. Um, so shall we, shall we explain 
how that how that's going to look. Yeah, definitely. Because I think with Inkspill, it has very much been you and I leading it. But what I'm really excited about with this podcast is we're opening it up, aren't we? Yes. So yeah, let speak to us, Abby. Speak to us. Tell us okay. how it's going to go down. Um, so we both work full time. Mm-hmm. We cannot do a podcast, even though we, I'm sure we'd love to if we had the time, energy, and resources. Absolutely. We cannot do a podcast every day every week of the year no that's just unrealistic um so instead what we're doing is we're having four seasons of four episodes mm-hmm. um this is a bonus episode this is just a, a little christmas special to get you in the mood for what's coming in the new year but there's no mariah carey because she's far too expensive <laughs> we looked her up on fiverr and we couldn't afford her. it wasn't for us <laughs> unless you want to go big on the donations this year guys we'll take that <laughs> that's what we're spending it on that's our christmas special <laughs> you thought it was gone on sharpie markers nay nay <sighs> no i love that <laughs> um so yeah we're gonna have four episodes four seasons uh, each season will be themed around a different um, stage of a creative project because mm-hmm. what we want to do and what we're going to do alongside this podcast is write a project um, alongside it and yeah. use the resources and the um, information we learn from the podcast and share in the podcast to inspire and help us progress. Mm-hmm. So each season will have a different theme and there'll be four episodes. The first episode of each season will just be us yep. talking about how we respond to stuff creatively. Yep, a good old chinwag. Um, the second episode will be with a poet because we love poets mm-hmm. and we have we're very very lucky to be surrounded in the north by incredible poets that we want to make use of and enjoy mm-hmm. working with. Um, the third episode will focus on any literary profession. Mm-hmm. We have some um, some really exciting um, industry specialists. Yeah not just it's not just poets and authors that we have lined up we have quite a few quite quite a variety this year it's varied and i think that's brilliant because inksville is very poetry based yes we have always been open to all forms of literature so i'm excited that we're pushing that in the podcast a little bit more yeah and it's something you're really passionate about is making sure that we had a non-poetry specific element to this podcast which i I think is awesome brilliant yeah and the fourth episode will focus on um writing for mental health and using writing as a creative outlet for really big scary emotions um and experiences um so we'll be inviting in loads of really exciting people who either um perform and create Mm -hmm. to uh share big emotions and experiences or we'll be bringing in sort of specialists or charities who um use it to support other people to process their, their own stuff um so that's that's the way the four episodes are going to work. Mm-hmm. Shall we break down what the seasons are going to be? Yeah. Would you like to take winter? Yeah, definitely. So I think Abby's obviously touched on the fact that we're going to have a variety of guests coming in um, mm-hmm. from different backgrounds and different areas of um, well expertise, really. Um, however, they're all going to be relevant to the season um, and the, the stage of the process in which we'll be discussing. Um, so we'll break that down a little bit now. Mm-hmm. Winter is going to be all about the initial kind of writing stage so it's going to be about idea mapping and um, it's going to be about creating a first draft it's very much just kind of getting together and piecing together the initial project um that you're wanting to work on throughout the year so it might be 
getting just the skeleton of the novel you've been thinking about down on paper. Mm -hmm. It's about maybe just starting to piece ideas together of a collection of poetry that you've been considering writing. Um, So it's about just setting off, really, getting off the mark Mm -hmm. um, and seeing what you come up with, what particularly inspires you. But that can in itself be a really daunting and overwhelming task. Where do you begin? If you've had these ideas floating about in your head for a while... How do you just pin one down and say, this is what I'm going to focus on? So it's very much about getting your idea together, getting your first draft put together. Um, And then we are going to move on to spring. Yeah, spring is about editing, which is my least favourite thing to do. (laughs) But it's the most important. It's everybody's least favourite thing to do. Oh, I knew you were going to say that, yeah. Yes, because I'm the teacher in this duo. (laughs) And you've got to proofread your work, kids. Anyway, carry on. Um, I totally agree. It's super important. And it's something I massively neglect. And it's why um, when I run the project alongside this work, uh, this podcast, I will be... I don't want to say dragging my heels for spring. I'm going to say I'm going to actually engage with it and do it properly and use that time to create something. Yeah. Um. So yeah, spring is about editing. It's about whether you have the bones of your first novel and you want to flesh it out. It's whether you need to actually, you've, um, it's, you know, huge and you need to come back to the start of stuff. It's whether you need to be economical with use of language and like reduce stuff or whether you need to actually expand something. Mm-hmm. Spring is going to be about polish editing and polishing your work yeah and i think it's a really good opportunity during that editing phase to think about your long-term plans with that piece of writing where do you see it going what kind of success do you want from it because people measure success in very different ways is success for you just getting on stage and performing that piece in front of others is success for you getting published is Mm -hmm. it being published um by a small press is it um an independent press you want to go down is it just self-publication do you actually want to hit the big 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 boys? Big what? <laughs> the big something. Do you want to hit the big, big... publishing houses? The big publishing houses. Yeah, so it's it's thinking about the piece of writing that you've created. Where do you see that sitting? Mm-hmm. Because the editing process is crucial for that moment. It is. And I just want to quickly add that all that stuff is great. Mm. But also, if you're editing this to share it with a friend, with a partner, on social media, whatever you want to do with it, there is no limit too small or too big yeah for that. but you're definitely right part of editing is definitely looking to where it's going and I, I, I like the fact we're going to make room for that yeah definitely um, and I think as well what I'm really looking forward to as we are going to be doing this alongside so we're going to mm-hmm. be creating our projects with you and updating you on where we're at and mm-hmm. um, it's going to hold us accountable so Abby doesn't like editing her work well, she's going to do it. She is. She's going to do it. And then what we're going to do in summer, Hannah? So summer is all about kind of getting that piece of work out there. So you should have this finished, kind of polished uh, project ready to go by this point. Um, It's about performing it. It's about getting it out into the world. It's about circulating it. So we're going to very much be thinking about marketing here. This is mm-hmm. where your area of expertise is going to yes. be crucial. Um, and yeah, thinking about how to sell yourself as a creative writer in this hugely saturated industry. So yeah, summer, all that sharing takes us into cosy, warm autumn, Mm -hmm. which is all about reflection. Mm -hmm. It is all about taking the time to readdress your writing, readdress your goals, reflect on what you've, first of all, reflect on what you've created in this year, because I think, and I hope that people who create alongside us with this podcast um, are going to end up with some beautiful projects in whatever level or quality that you feel comfortable with. This mm-hmm. is always about what you want to create and what you want to make. Um, and 
autumn is about taking the time to enjoy that, reflect on it, engage with it, think about where you want to take it next, mm-hmm. think about whether you want to leave it for a bit. Sometimes you do need to put writing out to pasture and yeah. leave it alone and... I think as well, it'll be very telling after that performance element of putting it out there into the world or, you know, performing it on stage, what feedback you receive. Mm -hmm. And based on that feedback as well, this can be quite a brutal truth. Is it something that you want to pursue? Mm -hmm. So I know sometimes I've received feedback that I've made me think ultimately, I think I could do better. Mm -hmm. And then that's all about taking that criticism, essentially taking that feedback and putting it onto your next project. Are you going to pursue it, but make it better? Or are you going to start from scratch, but learn from the experience of the first project? Um, So yeah, reflection is definitely just as crucial an element as any of it so 100 exactly so it's going to be it's going to be cyclical because hopefully then if it goes well we will then be back at you with the next winter with the next project so yeah that's what i'm saying we just wanted it for a year Mm -hmm. i think if it goes well it could get extended but for now it's nice for us to have like a nice end goal that i mean by this time next year which is so exciting to say yeah um we could have projects and a completed podcast. We've got really big plans for Inkspill this year as well. So I think it's going to be really nice to have the podcast lining our Inkspill journey for the next year too. Um, just because we've got festivals planned. Yes. We've got ideas of getting out there into the community. We really want yep. to get some more funding, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Um, so it'd be good to document Inkspill. I mean, some more money. Any funding. <laughs> we'll take some anything. money. As mentioned, Mariah, expensive. <laughs> <laughs> We're thinking of next Christmas now. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think um, it's going to be really exciting to keep you updated with Inkspill as well. So if you are listening to this and you're not from the the area mm-hmm. um it would be really nice for you to still keep up with Inkspill too wouldn't it yeah 100 um another thing as well that we're going to be incorporating into the podcast episodes um that we haven't mentioned we are still going to be ke- keeping the creative writing side of things yes so at yeah, the I end totally of each episode we're going to leave you with a creative writing challenge or prompt um to be working on um until the release of the next episode mm-hmm. um so again we're keeping up with the the writing workshop element. yeah to support you creating a project alongside yeah um something we haven't discussed which maybe we'll talk about now lightly is that we are gonna both agree to write a project alongside this Mm. um i'm not joking i say we haven't discussed this uh we truly haven't abby's about to tell me i've got to write a novel um no (laughs) don't wanna i do i really do i know you do i've got time (laughs) Um, um maybe something for the january episodes is we will declare our projects Ooh. publicly. Gosh. Um, name and shame it. Name and shame it to make it deliverable. Yeah. Um, and to hold us accountable. That's what we need, really. We 100% do. Mm. It is, we, we, like I said earlier, we both work full time. Mm-hmm. It's very easy for writing to slip off for us. It would be nice to kind of have something that like is out there as like, this is our 2024 Inkspill podcast project. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to put that out there for you that maybe in the first part of our episode, official episode one in January, yep. um, we'll be us declaring what this project is going to be. Well, I've got to do it now. It's been recorded. It's, that's, it's, that's how I get you. It's see? out there. <laughs> it's got witnesses. Um, but deal. I think that's what I need. Um, yeah. And so I'm excited for that, actually. So Good. Deal. Absolutely. Good. You see, you, if you make me edit, I'm going to make you set goals yeah <laughs> cool so i feel we have talked at length about ink spill and 
the podcast and we have not introduced ourselves yeah naturally we always prioritize ink spill and i feel as though we always kind of put ourselves in the background because we're just all about pushing our event but it'd be quite nice to just you know acknowledge that we are writers ourselves and we are we came to be here um through our own kind of personal creative journeys and mm-hmm. I think it'd be nice yeah to kind of discuss them with each other because we very much meet up and get straight on to get talking about things yeah we get to business straight away don't we We do we're like we are friends yeah I actually know I think we're like co-parents like Ooh. I think we're co-parenting Inksville and we yeah. meet up and we're like right it's a meeting we need to sort this out uh-huh. whenever we meet up it is always to discuss Inksville yeah. so I think I'm really excited to have this podcast as a bit of time to get to know you as a creative person mm-hmm. your kind of journey what kind of inspires you um because we don't really get onto those conversations do we we don't so I think it's we had a drink lovely. the other week and we learned so much about each other <laughs> and we were like really? we've been pretty decent friends for like 18 months now we, yeah. we hang out we catch up we see each other a lot mm-hmm. i see more regular than my other friends mm-hmm. and yet there was stuff you were telling me and i was just like it wasn't even that deep it was just like it was just stuff like your life and i was like i had no idea exactly <laughs> like, yeah I had no idea so it's, it's um, nice to acknowledge that we are writers ourselves and we have both gotten to this place mm-hmm. um it's through our own kind of individual journeys which yeah. sounds really cheesy and i'm excited to hear about yours do you want to go first yeah you don't want to go first so i don't want to go I'll first i just copy everything you um do. <laughs> such a little sister thing to say it's it's true <laughs> um so yeah uh i'm abby i'm one of the voices you've been listening to for about 40 minutes now i imagine mm-hmm. um yeah i'm abby i work in marketing which is i think we both have very stereotypical english lit grad um yes careers spoiler alert um yeah i work in marketing which i I really really enjoy and it's been um it's been fun i was 2020 graduate which is just everyone's dream Mm -hmm. uh it definitely wasn't a difficult time to try and get a job (laughs) um and yeah i'm a predominantly a performance poet i've been performing around the north like predominantly this last year which is amazing i came third in the huddersfield lit slam this year which was like a really nice um achievement for me it was the first kind of thing of just like a stamp of approval which was nice um but recently i finished the first draft of my my novel which has been going on for a long time Mm -hmm. um it's only a measly forty three thousand words which sounds ridiculous until i saw one of my favorite authors she published a a, a facebook status being like just finished the first draft of my book only one hundred twenty five thousand words but i'm sure it'll i was like <laughs> yeah, 125 on your first uh first draft. Quality over quantity, my love. Uh, exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, that's me. Who who are you, other voice? Who am I? Well, very similar to you. I also went to the University of Huddersfield. Um, I was a mature student, even though I was only 21. Um, so that hurt. Um, I <laughs> was. Yeah, I felt old from dear dot. So that was yeah, that was great. Um, so yeah, I um likewise had to contend with covid and the pandemic during my degree um i think we went into lockdown in march 2020 didn't we mm-hmm. um and that was when i was halfway through my second year um so i spent all of my third year um just in a moldy box room in my rented house in huddersfield which had mushrooms growing on the walls and ceilings um, Delicious. So, you are yeah. vegan so i mean yeah just natural grub growing off the walls what more <laughs> could you want if it took pick and mix to a whole new Ooh. level um so yeah it was it was pretty bleak and it was it was really anticlimactic because I, I finished the degree so and then you just kind of click a button to get oh you you passed that you've got your degree you, I you, yeah. I was in final year I submitted 
I had an extension because mm-hmm. it was final year in, in a global pandemic. Mm-hmm. I had an extension. I submitted on the Thursday about like five o'clock, let's say. Mm. And by the Friday morning, I had all of my final year grades back. Yeah. And I just opened an email and was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's done. And it's such a pivotal moment, I think, yeah. in life, isn't it? And that moment where you kind of go with your dissertation and you hand it in and mm-hmm. you just get this real feel, well, feel of know. pride. I didn't have a dissertation, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Was great. For, oh, you didn't actually do? No, just, no. I did English Lane Crave Writing. Crave, yes, I know. So I had a friend who did that and she didn't have the it's dissertation. Great. So we were all kind of tearing our hair out and she was like, it's fine, guys. Yeah. But yeah, so we um we very much just pressed a button, got our grades, and then that was kind of it. So mm-hmm. I never and really... When did you graduate? It's like officially, because my ceremony was in 22. Yeah, I remember it being a good... I remember graduating and it feeling so weird because it'd been so long since I'd finished the was course. Was it close to your master's one? I'd actually was I was finishing my master's when I graduated mm. from my uh, undergrad. undergrad, so it all just felt mixed up. And I, I, as a result of that, I just never felt like I got closure on that kind of time in my life. I'm not no. sure if you feel the same way. Definitely not. I occasionally throw I got first into conversations because mm. I never get to tell anyone. You don't get to like, celebrate that no. as well. And, and my family were great. Yeah. I, we had a nice time, but it wasn't like a exactly and i think um i was my sister and i we were the first people in our family to go to university as well Mm. so there was quite a lot of the kind of university setting that my parents didn't understand Mm -hmm. um and i remember one of the very first grades i got i got a 72 percent very nice which is obviously a first it is very exciting Mm -hmm. but when i told that to my mum and my uh, mum and dad they were like oh don't worry han i'm sure next time you'll get better i'm I'm sure next time it'll be better and i was just like what do you mean and they're like oh well you know it's not a hundred percent is it it's actually nowhere near 100 percent do not exist in humanities degrees and i just thought to myself ah you really don't you don't get it do you and naturally they wouldn't Um, so i think that was it i went to university to kind of i felt like i wanted to prove something to myself that you know i was capable and i could do it and i did um and on the back of that i got offered an excellent scholarship um so i also got first and um got invited to go and study a master's degree at the manchester writing school um which was founded by caroline duffy i mm. shared an awkward elevator ride with her many a time <laughs> um she is a hoot and yeah so uh, that was oh god that was amazing i was kind of rubbing shoulders with these literary greats and mm. i just felt so honored that every time i went there um and yeah had the best year studying creative writing there yeah, so um, coming out of my master's, I became a poet in residence. So I was working with uh, schools in deprived areas um, and we were kind of encouraging them to write poetry um, themselves. And it was it was such an inspiring time for me. I really, I just enjoyed every moment of it. And it gave me this thirst for, for inspiring younger people um, and showing them that poetry is for them, writing can be for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just loved putting creativity back in the classroom. Um, so I decided to become a teacher. I finished my master's. Freelance writing wasn't really going anywhere for me. I was doing lots and lots of copywriting. I was getting very little in return. Um, I needed something more stable. So I decided to go into education. Mm. And that's where you find me How's now. How's that going for you, Hannah? Um, I don't want to talk about, I mean, uh, this, this is supposed to be a safe space, um, <laughs> but no, I mean, it's it's definitely had its challenges as you have witnessed as mm. in actual fact, our very first ink spill um, was, it took place uh, on the Friday of my very first week as a teacher, I don't, so did it? Yeah, so I, wow. 
Oh no, sorry, our second Seth, I, was, I was gonna say the first one was in August. Yeah, <laughs> so I was a bit horrified. They, had they, you got, they got me in, in summer. No, <laughs> so our second ink spill mm-hmm. took place on the Friday of my first week. So I'd had five days in the classroom mm-hmm. of what can only be described as pure terror. Um, I had no idea what I was doing. The kids knew that. Um, I <laughs> yeah. had quite a few experiences that I will write in my memoirs when I am eighty and mm-hmm. reflective. Um. But yeah, so it's it's been a roller coaster, I'm, and I'm sure I'll discuss that in more detail of the coming episode. Another time. But I've got yeah, I've got lots of uh, lots of things, lots of stories to tell mm. in relation to that. But in my spare time, I'm a poet and I'm a writer and I'm a musician, um, and I find that they all kind of work together quite nicely. So yeah. yeah, that's me. Who's a who's a big influence on you, like writing wise? Don't have a poet, but like. Who's, who's influence? Who inspires me? Yeah. Um, so I think my work, I very much try to capture real life. Um, mm. I'm fascinated by reality. I'm fascinated by people. Mm-hmm. I love telling people stories. Um, I come from a very working class background and I really don't feel as though there's I've, I've seen an accurate portrayal of real modern yeah. working class <clears throat> struggles. It's always very gritty. Yeah. And intense. Yeah. And there's no kind of like normalisation of working class work. I think as well, when you think about working class um, culture, people straight away think Royal Family, Last of the Summer Wine, these mm. sitcoms where it's kind of humorous and laughing almost at working class people. Yeah, it's opening the door to laugh at them, definitely. It definitely is, yeah. Whereas I want to actually show the struggle. I want to show the uh, joy, the hope, and the, mm-hmm. the kind of spirit of, the, of these communities that I've grown up in. So that's um, the route I go down. So in that sense, I've been really inspired by um, people such as well, Alan Bennett. Classic. Oh, cl- classic, yeah. Um, really enjoy the work of Bernard- Bernadine Everisto at the moment. Um, I try yeah. to capture multiple perspectives in my work. She is the queen of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also read some Carson McCullers, um, an American Ooh. author, but again, really, really good at capturing the struggles of everyday people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just this, I'm going to get a bit corny for a minute, but I think for me, the sole reason I got into writing in the first place is because of my husband Ben and when I met him he was a well he still is a musician he was a singer-songwriter and through songwriting with him that inspired me to then start writing poetry Mm -hmm. and he's always been just so supportive in terms of well supporting my creativity giving me the space to write he's kind of been my crutch um throughout life so that I can have that freedom that creative space that I need um and he's always encouraged me to take it so um he's definitely definitely allowed me to get to the place that i am now so thanks lovely. ben shout She's out lovely. to ben. We, we like ben a lot on this uh... it's funny i don't know why and this is you know maybe going <laughs> off the record here but i so, for some reason have given him the pet name of boob <laughs> and i keep calling him boob and it's uh that was about to come out and i was like thanks boob <laughs> don't know don't know anyway long live so i'm back at you your creative kind of influences yeah a massive influence for me is probably the Caroline Duffy to Sylvia Plath pipeline Mm -hmm. that I feel a lot of particularly female writers go through. Um, Not exclusively, but I think predominantly. I think Caroline Duffy captured a generation when she got put on the poetry syllabus at school. Mm -hmm. I think she was kind of our rupee core to a certain degree for like young feminists. She's definitely like more um, advanced more developed than Rupi Kaur, um, but she was on some syllabus at school and I was like, this is the first time I've read something and understood it mm-hmm. um, because underpinning all of my writing is the fact that I'm dyslexic. Mm-hmm. I do 
probably have ADHD. Mm. Um, I'm waiting for the official checkbox on that, but I think it's probably likely. Um, and writing and reading never ever came easy to me. Mm. I was, I, I literally, my parents used to have to like hold me down to do my school reading because I was so like, I, I couldn't understand. Mm. Um, it's taken a long time to develop various coping mechanisms. And it's actually very ironic that I am a writer now and very passionate about writing. Um, and accessibility to writing is always something I've been super passionate about. But for me, reading, uh, it was probably something from The World's Wife by Caroline Duffy that I was just like, I actually get this. This means something. This yeah. is not just like, I could kind of get the imagery and the prettiness of writing. I've always, I've always enjoyed language, just not always written language. Um, it's one of the best collections I've ever read. It's a huge, huge influence to me. Um, I think it made feminism accessible it made poetry accessible it's just beautiful um and it's really powerful and it's really understandable and relatable yeah it's just brilliant and for me Caroline Duffy led me to Sylvia Plath which led me to a whole host of other feminist poets um I do read Ted Hughes I do enjoy stuff I love birthday letters and that's my favorite um but a massive influence to me this last year has been the fact that I've been doing multiple poetry nights, open mic nights, spoken word nights, just events up in the north. And mm. I have met so many incredible poets. It's so refreshing to have spent so, so much time this year surrounded by really talented poets who are often published. Um, I want to give a shout out to Anthony Dunn. He's one of my new favourite poets. He runs People's Power Press over in Saltaire. I have his collection, Take This One to Bed, which I gave five stars on Goodreads. I think it's absolutely beautiful. I think it's one of the best collections I've ever read and it's just incredibly delicate and yet substantial mm -hmm. incredible uh another poet I want to have a moment with is Charlotte Wetton I met her at a poetry event in Wakefield I have her collection Accessioning which is about museum exhibits and taking inspiration for them and making them into poems mm -hmm. it's done so so well um those those two have been a massive influence because I've met them and it yeah. makes poetry so tangible yeah yeah um so yeah, that's a bit bit about both of us. Yeah. Which is quite nice. No, definitely. Um, and it's, it's really nice to kind of see, because a lot of the time we become who inspires us essentially, don't we? So, yes. And oh, that, I should always say, Hannah inspires me massively. Um, I inspire Abby massively. My <laughs> God, I can't listen to uh, this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's a bit of an introduction to us who have been talking for a while now. Um, Hannah, I want to ask... Um, if you had to sum up your writing in three words, mm -hmm. what would they be? So I'm going to tackle this question, Abby, as if we haven't rehearsed our answer already. And I'm just springing <laughs> these three words off the top of my head. Uh, but Abby and I actually discussed this in, in depth. Um, and something that was supposed to just be a quick question ended up going on for about an hour. Um, yeah. Because I think we, we cover quite a few bases in, yes. in our writing. So um, mine boiled down to um, it's brutal, um, it's honest, but it's hopeful. Brutal because I did, I think there are certain truths that only poetry can communicate. Mm -hmm. um, I think honest because people's stories need to be told um, mm -hmm. and quite often their microphones are held to the wrong people, I feel. Um, so I, I'm really interested in holding up that mic to those who need it. Um, yeah. But hopeful because there is hope, there's always hope. Um, yeah. And you'll see that in every community, um, in every nook and cranny of the country there's always hope for tomorrow mm -hmm. um and no matter how hard things get and i think that's especially true around here yeah yeah we love our area but it, it's, yeah. it has its moments 
it, and it takes its toll on people creatively yeah. um and also just in day-to-day life just getting by mm-hmm. um so definitely those three words for me what about you abby three words well me um yes so my three words i think are quite similar i think um we are quite similar poets in a lot of ways um so i have um truthful i am quite a political poet i tackle i think quite serious slash major issues in the work i create and the work i share um i definitely don't try and shy away and i also try and engage with um perspectives that you don't often see wherever i can Mm -hmm. i would say uh reflective there's a real element of my work that is about learning lessons from history so we aren't doomed to repeat them which feels particularly pertinent at the moment yep um and is definitely something i hold to myself um there's a a show called the good place which is a massive influence on me um just morally the person which is about um you cannot be a perfect person you can only ever work to be a better one um i think if we work to be perfect we will um inherently not be truthful to ourselves whereas if you're working to be better and that doesn't always mean being kinder or nicer it actually means being better it means being honest it means being truthful it means being fair mm-hmm. it means not shying away from the hard stuff um which i think a lot of people do because i think it gives them an easier time but it very much doesn't in my opinion yeah not shying away from the conversations that have to be had and i think yeah. you do that in your poetry you create conversations um, that otherwise wouldn't be had and they're yeah. crucial they're important conversations um, they shine light on very important topics, um, which Thank I think you. is, well, that's incredible. That's all anyone could ever want to do. Literature can change the world and you're doing it one poem at a time. Oh, thank you, Hannah. She said nice things about you earlier. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and my last one would be optimistic. Um, that In the same way for you, there is always hope. Mm. I think we both are passionate about being hopeful, optimistic, positive, always working on growing. Mm-hmm. We are not perfect people. We are always trying to be good people we are in whatever sense that we can have the ability to do um and that's any all that anyone should be working towards really mm-hmm. and i think often people find being good or perfect easier than being better mm-hmm. and that's something that i think we both um try and capture in our work to encourage people like we we both cover brutal intense subjects but we both we but we both offer them with like kindness Mm -hmm. and like yeah this is what's now but what could be yeah better that's exactly it i think every single each poem that we create and perform it boils down to this idea of we could be better there is hope there is that optimism and that always applies to us as well i think we are very very we're closely entwined in that sense aren't we Mm. um in that that's the ultimate message the ultimate kind of hope yeah. um that 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 kind of that message gets across to people um and i think just i think this question rouses off really nicely for this introductory episode uh, because obviously we are just wanting to lay the foundations let people know mm-hmm. what to expect but we talked about success earlier on we did. and success as a concept in writing can look different to, different to other people can't it yeah um i think there's this idea that you're not successful unless you're a bestseller or you're not a successful writer unless you're books are all over the shelves of waterstones mm-hmm. i think that's definitely how my family um perceive writing so that's quite yeah. a challenge for me kind of yeah. having that pressure upon me that unless that happens i'm actually 
not likely to be taken seriously by them mm-hmm. as a writer. Um, so I think it's quite interesting for us to think about what success looks like to, to us. Um, yeah. So we can kind of monitor that as this year goes on. So what is success? What you? is success? What does it look like? Um, I would love to work full time as a writer mm. or as a creative facilitator or as a performance poet. I would love to make my living off of that. <clears throat> However, I think I saw a stat that was like only 19% of writers in the UK actually are full-time and able to make enough money from their writing to do it full-time. I think the issue is the vast majority of it is, is, is freelance, isn't it? Yes. And that is, it's so unstable. Yep, and it's exhausting because you're all on your own back. It's it's hard to maintain. Um, I would That would be huge and that is definitely something I'd love to work towards. Mm-hmm. Um, in the immediate sense... Um, there's the, the, there's two sides to this um, there's one side where I'd like to be published in magazines or in collections or something physical I would love something physical in whatever sense mm-hmm. and that's thing I'm really investing my time and energy in, in 2024 outside of this podcast just that's thing I was like I've done a lot of performance this year I'm so amazingly proud of everything I've achieved this year I've engaged with so many people it's been amazing and like it's been you know ink spill and my own performance have been very have cohabitated really really well it's been really great and you're you've been performing everywhere you've been invited to so many (laughs) not just minor events some really hefty well-known events so you've had some great gigs this year i have i have and it's been great and it's been lovely um Mm -hmm. it's been exhausting there's been a lot of trekking around and um we mentioned ben earlier without my partner i wouldn't have been able to get to half as many places because he just is such a constant source of energy and like Mm -hmm. positive vibes and it's just really pushed me forward for a lot of stuff which has been great um but the flip side is I want something physical that's my own because I uh I have one remaining grandparent I have my my nan my lovely nanny who has been the source of everything good with my writing and the source of all energy mm-hmm. and I've started to pursue this more professionally and uh, sort of financially I guess um as she's gotten older, she's 90 next year, mm-hmm. I would love to have something physical that um, that I could dedicate to her. Yeah. Um, some, a collection or a show or something that's entirely my own um, that I can take the time to say thank you with because um, she's dyslexic. It's from my mum's side. Uh, my nan and my mum and myself are all dyslexic. And um, she has always just been so encouraging and so engaged and it's my own fault I never send her enough work for her to read she would always want to read more um but the one thing I have and probably like the one sort of handwriting tattoo I ever have put on me is a note I have it pinned on my pin board in my office um and it just is a, a, a it's a it's a newspaper clipping about some writing competition like the Daily Mail or something and she sent it to me and physically in the post, which I just love the fact that she took the time to physically send it to me. Oh, and uh, it was with a little note that is really blocky because my nan is like the most dyslexic of us all. She's most severely dyslexic and she always really struggles with writing. And um, I don't know the note verbatim, but it basically says like, hi, Abby, I saw this and thought of you. Mm. Um, I think you can do it and there's nothing like lost if you don't try. And I hope you will try love and god bless nanny mm. and it just like every time i have a little wobble yeah or i get upset or i feel rubbish i look at that note and i'm just like i love the energy of i hope you will try yeah and it's that idea that somebody 
has faith in you. Yeah, undying to the point yeah. that she physically, she could have taken a picture and sent it to me with, you know, I've got her on like messenger and stuff or she would text me, but she physically sent me that letter with a handwritten note yeah. just to say, I hope you will try. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's definitely something that's applied a lot this year, but I think I would love something physical that's entirely my own to show her and say, look, I didn't just try, I did. Yeah. Yes. Um, oh, I love that. I didn't yeah. just try it. I did. That should be our little opening acknowledgement thing. Yeah. I think that'd be really lovely. So that's that's success to me. Yeah. Um, and gosh, what a, what a success <laughs> that would be as well. Yeah. How proud awesome. should be. Yeah. And I mean, gosh, you've already got your first draft, so you're there pretty much. It's now just ed- it's editing now, <laughs> putting meat on the bones. Um, yeah. yeah. It's it's a lovely feeling. It definitely feels more tangible as this mm. year's gone on. Yeah. Um, how about yourself? What does success mean to Hannah? Um, it's a tricky one because my mind mm. changes all the time. Um, mm-hmm. when I did my master's degree, um, I, I went down the novel writing route. The goal for me has always been to finish a novel. Yep. Um, I want to, just like you to hold my book in my hands and say, I wrote this. Yep. Um, I would love to see it on some bookshelves, but that to me again, that's not a priority. Mm. I just want to have that physical thing I, to say, I finished it. I finished yep. the book. But, and, and a nice cover and it to look good <laughs> to look good yeah to just be really aesthetically pleasing yeah, just, absolutely. It's, it's just a part of me this labour of love and yeah. I think that's the thing I start um, writing and I get really excited about a project but a novel writing a novel is like climbing a mountain so many yep. people say that and you know you just never quite seem to reach the top to then come down the other side and that summit is always I know uh, what that summit looks like mm-hmm. I know that climax but I just can't get to it um, because I just get distracted life gets in the way I change my mind I want to start again I'll read something new and suddenly think no this is how it needs to be written let me redraft mm-hmm. it and so I, I just never seem to get past the first third I would say yep. I just hit writer's block every time at the first third um so then I, I turned to poetry because poetry gives me that instant gratification yes and I love that I love the fact that po- uh, where novel writing sometimes feels like a slog yep. poetry feels like freedom um oh, and 100%. I just love the fact that I can just capture these emotions instantly in a poem and then it's almost like my own personal scrapbook I yep. know exactly what I was feeling and what I was going through at that moment in mm-hmm. time in my life um so yeah I, I've kind of got two sides to this I, success to me is finishing a novel getting past that first third hurdle and yeah. holding it in my hands but also all of these poems I'm writing I have many you but do. it's actually getting them to a point where I'm proud of them people you know it's, it's said that a poem is never finished but no. I want it to get somewhat finished so I can put it into a collection kind of find a golden thread that unites them all and, and pull them all together mm-hmm. but that feels a lot more achievable to me than writing a novel yeah so we'll see. Um, that's what I need to think about between now and January, isn't it? I need to think, is it the novel that I'm going to pursue? Is it the poetry? Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to do novel. I'd love you to. I think I'm, a big, yeah. As someone who's finished their first draft. Okay. <laughs> I would love you to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, my first draft is not to be sniffed at because it's a fantasy book and at the end of it, one of the characters pulls out a gun and shoots someone. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, which is not going to stay. Oh, right. But I think I got to the end of that great slog and was like, I just need to finish this. Needs to be done. And it was very like... If in doubt, get the guns out. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. Well. <laughs> um, on that note... Shall we sign off for now? Yeah, I think so. I think we've covered everything we wanted to for this introductory episode. I certainly hope not? so. If not, we'll pick it back up in January. We if shall. there's anything else that you want to know from us, drop us a message. We are on Inkspill. Um, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter. Fit. It's not Twitter. What's it called now? X. 
X. <laughs> don't message us on X. I hate that. Where Twitter or Facebook only it would seem. Um, but yeah, um, any questions you've got, anything you want from us, anything that you've maybe not been able to get from other podcasts that you'd like to see us include, um, that would be brilliant. Give us your feedback. Um, mm-hmm. But if not, we'll see you in January. We'll see you in January. See you in the new year. Yes, that's, oh gosh, a daunting prospect, isn't it? Um, but also we're going to be available on all streaming sites so wherever you find your podcast that's where we'll be as well and we'll also be on youtube yes we're doing this as a video because mm-hmm. i like accessibility and mm-hmm. podcasts need subtitles so there'll be a a full length video for people to watch if they'd like there will um, which is why we keep moving our heads a lot and smiling yes because we're not used to being filmed. it took us a while um, to kind of get over that barrier didn't it of, hugely i mean i'm not in front of we're us. quite over it yet no um thank you very much hannah Thank you. Chat. Yeah, it's been brilliant. And we, yeah, back at it January. Projects at the ready. Back at it January 19th. Yeah. Looking See you then. To. See you guys in the new year. Bye. Bye.